If your football team won yesterday, let me hear it from you. All right. So everybody's happy. You know, now next Sunday, I know half the crowd won't be so happy. So I had to ask today, um, both of our teams, Michigan State, Michigan won, and next Saturday, I guess they're coming together. We'll see what happens. And, um, but we're so glad that you're here. Thank you for being here. Uh, some of you, this is your first time with us. And uh, thank you for being here at Lake Point. And as uh, you came in, you should receive a program. And inside that program is a connection card. Have to take a minute. Let us know about your visit with us this morning. And we are glad that you're here today. Been a great Sunday last week at Joe Castillo. He was on America's Got Talent. And I uh, almost had 400, almost 400 people last Sunday here. And uh, what a powerful presentation of the gospel. It did it always stand out. And if you missed it last week, I hope you go online and check it out. And um, it's just an incredible, incredible presentation by Joe. And uh, what, a, what a wonderful man, wonderful ministry that he is doing. And, um, and so that was a great weekend. So thank you for all those who were here, who served, who were a volunteer, or you were a part of our service last Sunday. Some of you, you, you came last Sunday for the first time. You said, okay, I got to come back and see what Lake Point looked like on a normal Sunday. And so here we are. We've got a good crowd here, a lot of people out on, the, on their cabins, you know, trying to get the colors, fall colors, and checking it all out. But we're glad that you're here and coming back. And some of you, this is your first time. Thank you for being here as you worship with us. Today we're starting a brand new message series called Margin. And I'm very excited about this series. But I've got to be honest with you. I've got to be honest with you. I haven't always been excited about it. Because when we first start thinking about this, when I start thinking about living a simple life, a life with margin, this whole credibility factor kicks into me. I, I, be, I begin to think a little bit, and I start feeling inadequate. Because I know in my personal life, you know, it gets a little crazy. And so it's easy, it's easy to give out the medicine, but it's hard to take my own medicine. All right? And so here I am, you know, I'm, I, I'm wrestling with this topic of living with margin. And so I think the official way to do this is for me to say, hi, my name is Scott Blanchard. And I am a hurried life aholic. Now, how many of you, you say, man, Scott, you don't have to raise your hand, but you can say, man, I understand. I'm with you. I can relate. I am always in a rush. I am always in a hurry. I am always busy. I live a life with no margin. And the question I want to ask you is this. Why are we more like the Tasmanian devil, then we are like Jesus. And some of us are just running all over the place. And we live in a culture, in a culture, in a world that pushes us to the limit. Buy more. Do more. Accomplish more. Conquer more. It's always about more, more, and more. And most of us are living at an unbiblical and unsustainable pace of life. It's insane what normal 
eat today. So much that even our kids are into this life as well. I know seven and eight-year-old kids, they go on top of all the homework. They're, they're busy four or five nights a week. Always running the family. The family don't even get together for a meal anymore. We are always so busy, and we call this normal. Normal. For many of us, the schedules now that we impose on our, on our kids ends up imposing on us as well, and we're stressed out. Your kids are stressed out. Even the cats and dogs, they're stressed out. Are you really enjoying your life? And most of you would say, no, but I don't have time to talk about it. I got to go. We're always in a hurry. Many have very little margin for error, especially in the major portion of our lives. Most people have no margin for the most important things in our lives. Now, some of you might be saying, Scott, what is margin? What is margin? If we're working on a definition, not saw a bunch of definitions here this past week. I really like this one. Margin is the amount available beyond what is necessary. Margin is the amount available beyond what is necessary. I might define margin as this. It's the difference between what you have and what you need. For example, if I have to get somewhere in 30 minutes, you know, I may allow 20, you know, I may say, hey, I'm going to allow more time to get there. I'm going to leave the house 40 minutes earlier, therefore I'm giving me 10 minutes of margin. If I have $100 and I've got $80 worth of bills, I've got $20 worth of margin. The difference between what you have and what you need. Now, how does margin play out in our lives? Margin would be showing up maybe five or ten minutes early to a meeting so you're not stressed out all the time. Margin financially would be having money left over at the end of the month. Margin is having distance between you and temptation a moral margin. Rather than being morally on the edge all the time, you're having preset buffers in place in your life to keep you from self-destructing. Margin could be having emotional capacity to deal with problems. Now, when your kids come up and drop something on you out of the blue, you don't just unleash on your kids because you're overwhelmed already. It's having emotional capacity to deal with struggle. Margin could be having three or four nights a week where you don't have anything at all scheduled. Margin. Margin could be having extra time or extra money to invest and to give to people and ministries that you love. Margin could simply be having, could simply have time to think. To have time to think. We don't even think no more. To have time to reflect, to meditate, 
to dream. Margin could be having significant time with God. Not a quick, hey, God bless this meal, thank you, I got to go. But actually having significant time meditating on his word, enjoying his presence. Margin is what most of us do not have. Most of us don't have it. And I am convinced that the best things in life happens in the margin. It happens in the white face of your life. The best thing in life happens when you're living in the margin. I want to look at a passage of scripture this morning in Luke chapter 10. It's a great story. Know this story, but I want to talk about this story in the light of margin. Talk about two different women, two ladies. One decided she didn't have margin. The other created margin and experienced something that could never be taken away from her. And so you know this story. It's the story of Mary and Martha. Luke chapter 10, verse number 38. Jesus and his disciples were on their way. He came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha, verse number 40, was distracted by all the preparation that had to be made. Now, it's interesting that we have two women that have the same, the exact same opportunity. We've got Mary and Martha. We've got Jesus, the Son of God. He's in the house. Mary created a moment. Mary could have had done a lot of different things. She could have been cleaning the house. She could have done laundry. She, she could have had a list of things to do, but she created a moment and she embraced that moment to be with Jesus. But Martha, on the other hand, she was so busy, so distracted, she was stressed out. She was stressed out. And it's interesting, what's interesting to me is that she was not distracted by something that was bad or evil. She wasn't distracted by sinfulness. She was actually distracted by what we might say Good thing. I often say this, and I hear from one of my leadership books, Jim Collins. Jim Collins said, the good is oftentimes the enemy of the best. And Martha was distracted by good things, but not the best thing. And many of us oftentimes in reality, we're distracted by the same thing. We may not be distracted by sinful things, in fact, they may be good things, but they're not always the best things. I'm sure Martha's thinking, okay, Jesus is in the house. I've got, I've got to make sure that I got the best plates out. I've got to make sure that the candle is lit. I've got to make sure that the toilet paper matches the shower curtain. I've got to make sure all of this is done. I mean, Jesus is here. We've got to make sure that everything is right. And so, she was distracted with good things from the best things. I've heard this statement a while back. You're taking notes. 
if Satan cannot make you bad, he can try to make you busy. If Satan, a spiritual enemy, cannot make us bad, then he will do what he can to make you and I really, really busy. We become so busy at doing lesser things that we miss out on the important things. We are distracted from the very best. And Mary and Martha are in this situation. Look at verse number 40. You know, Martha, you know, she comes running to Jesus here and she asks, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. I need you, Jesus, I need you to back me up here. I need you to tell my sister that I'm right and that she's wrong. And this is funny to me because Martha was absolutely convinced that what she was doing was right. She was so convinced that she was doing the right thing. This is the important thing. I'm in here doing this and, and she's over there sitting at the feet of Jesus being lazy. Come on. She was in her mind convinced that she was right. And here's where lies the greatest challenge for all of us. When I do this message series, when I'm teaching this message series, most of you are going to be convinced that the way you're living is necessary. Oh, God, you don't understand. My life without margin, I, this is my reality. This is how I have to do it. I have to live this way. I have to go this way. And you're convinced that this is necessary and right. And you're going to think, this is how you do it. God, you don't understand. You only work one day a week on Sunday, so you have no clue. I know. God, my reality, I mean, you got to, I am busy and I can't help it. It is what it is. It is what it is. You're not in my shoes. And you're convinced with everything in you that this is what truly matters. And it's completely necessary to be successful in the world, to be busy, 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 and to live a life with no margin. That's why the words of Paul in Romans 12, 2 are so important. The Bible says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. You know, don't be like everyone else, Paul said. Don't try to live life like everyone else. And he said, but instead be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And what we're going to talk about in the next few weeks is so important. And I'm afraid that most of you, quite honestly, you're going to shake it off and go on. You're going to say, man, that was kind of good. And that was, that was some things to think about. I made some minor changes in my life, and I'm not pushing for minor changes. I'm not here to try to make some tweak to your life. I'm here to help you make some radical changes, some life-altering changes. Because I'm convinced that with all my heart that the way most of us are doing life right now without margin is completely contrary to what God wants us to live. He does not want to live this way. We weren't made to live this way, a life without margin. Let's look at Luke 10. Martha, you know, <laughs> he's saying, Jesus, tell her to help me. 
Get on my side. I need you to back me up. And, and Jesus said, no, 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 no. Your production mindset missed the moment. Martha, you're missing the moment. Look at verse 41. He said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary had chosen, if you want to underline that word, chosen. Mary had chosen. That's a word of intentionality. She was intentional. Mary had chosen what is better, and it would not be taken away from her. And here's what you have to understand. The choice is yours. You have a choice on how you live your life. You have a choice of what you put on your calendar. You have a choice on how you spend. You have a choice on how you live a life of integrity. You have a choice to live in the margin. And throughout this whole series, we're going to be challenged to make some choices. Make some choices. One message we're going to talk about is how you can choose your best yes. Because you can say yes to a lot of things, but you can't say yes to everything. We're going to talk about how you choose the best yes. We're going to talk about financial margin. We're going to talk about living in the pace of life that God wants you to live. We're going to talk about margin and your schedule and your priority of times. But the choice is yours. The choice is yours. You don't understand my boss. No, 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 no. no. The choice is yours. And so now my my kids, I've got all these kids, and and I live by the tempo, by by the demands of my kids. And I'm like, no, no, no. The choice is yours. And if you choose what's right, it will never be taken away. So let's talk practical for just a few minutes. What happens when you live a life without margin? What happens when you live a life without margin? Two quick things here. If you're taking note, when margin decreases, your stress increases. When margin goes down, when you start living a life without margin, the stress goes up. And you know this is true. When you're running late, when you're running late, you start pumping that, you know, the gas pedal, then it goes beyond the limit, you're pushing the limit, you're past the limit, you know, you're, you're, you're going crazy because you're stressed out, because you're running late. You produce no margin. Some of you are on your way to church today. You were running late. You are playing around the kids or whatever, and, and you're stressed. And so, man, we're going to miss the first song. We're going we got to hurry. You know, I got to get my coffee. I got to get the kids in. And, and you stress, you know, and the kids start to get, annoy each other in the back, and you start yelling at the kids. You say, don't make me pull over. You know, and then you get closer and closer to the parking lot, and you say, okay, kids, put on your Jesus smile. 
It's all good. Hey, brother, how you doing, man? What a beautiful morning it is, right? God bless you. Living a life without margin, the stress level goes up. Well, some of you, I see the elbows. Hey, no elbows allowed in church, okay? Elbows are illegal in church, right? Oh, man, you hear that husband? You hear that wife? Same is true financially. If your financial margin decreases, what happens? Stress. Stress on your life, stress in your marriage. You know, if you're married, you're fighting. You're like, oh, you spend what? You spend what on what? Are you kidding me? You realize we don't have any money? We have no margin. Oh, I didn't know. And stress happens. When the margin decreases, the stress increases. Here's a check of thought. As your margin decreases, your relational intimacy decreases. As your margin decreases, your relational intimacy decreases. You see this all the time as well. You can be with somebody you love, but you're not with them. You're them, you're there, but you're not there. You know what I'm talking about? Got your phone. Uh-huh. You're in the conversation, you're on your phone. Got your kids in your phone. Hey, by the way, I, I, this is my struggle. This is for the Holy Spirit, a.k.a. my wife. So <laughs> Scott, you need to put the phone down. So I'm checking my emails now. Check the email, be there in a couple hours. Oh, you're right. You're right. <laughs> well, Scott, what are you doing? I just got a text message. Let's put it down. Put it down. Put it, put it away. Go put it in another room. Okay. But she's right. She's right. We do this all the time. We're there, but we're not there. We're present, but we're not present. Your mind you're still running. You're on vacation, but you're not really there. You're still connected to work. You take your work with you on vacation. You're still checking work emails on vacation. You say, well, what if, what, if they need, what if they need me? No. We all been there. You go out to eat. Go to a restaurant. You see families not engaged. This might be your family. You know, everyone's on the phone. You go to Chile, they even have a tablet. You pay $1.99. You go to Chile, and a couple of the restaurants, they have a tablet for the kid that doesn't have a tablet. And we say, here, you know, play with the, you know, Daddy, can I play? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. And we are so consumed, and we have life without margin, and our intimacy decreases with others. And by the way, we see this with God too. Your relational intimacy, it decreases not just with people, but with God. I can't tell you how many times I've run into people and say, hey man, I haven't seen you in church in a while. Oh yeah, busy. And I've just been busy. Well man, you gotta get back. Yeah, I know, I know, but when it slows down, 
when it blows down. Well, we'll be back. Busy. Hey, man, how's it going with you and, and, you, and, your, and God? How's it going with your quiet time? I said, oh, you know, Scott, man, I got to be honest with you. You know, when I do have it, it's great, but it's been a while. You know, busy. Which is always on the go. Don't have time. But, you know, I'll get back to it because, man, when I, when I get into it, it's good. Oh, man, I love it. But busy. When you see your margin disappear, your intimacy with others and with God starts to disappear. Busy. Why is it that so many of us live a life without margin? Why is it that so many of us plan on slowing down one day, but we rarely ever do? Why is it that very few people, very few people take the house that they cannot afford and sell it and downsize so that they can create some financial margin? But instead, they stay in a house that they cannot afford to pay bills that they cannot pay and have no room for margin. Why is it that we say money doesn't make us happy, and yet so many of us fight and scrape to get even more? Why is it that we do not radically cut back our schedules in order to spend more time with our kids, knowing that before you know it, our kids will be out of the house? And those moments that you had are gone. The bottom line is this. This is why. The bottom line is this. It's because most of us do not fully trust God. We do not have enough faith to really believe that God is on the throne, that God is in control, that God will handle the details of our lives, that God's way of doing life is better than our way of doing life. We're afraid that if we're not going and going and going, doing and doing and doing, that we're going to miss out on something that's out there that will completely fill that empty void that's in your heart. That's why we keep going and going and going. We got to work harder. I got to make more money. I got to have a nicer car. I got to have this. Got to be at the meeting because if I don't, I'm going to miss out on something. I'm going to miss out on something that I'm longing for, and that's a crazy way to live. But we do this. Most of you, you make more money today than you have in your entire life, and yet you still battle with financial stress than you ever have. Most of you, you've got better opportunities to do, to do great things, and yet you're more empty and more exhausted. Why? Because we're filling our lives with things that do not matter. We're filling our lives with things that do not matter. In a word, it's idolatry. It's a, whoa, God, you're stepping on some toes now. I was doing good until you brought up that word. Idolatry. Now where we're going. Now we're taking it to a whole other level. Idolatry. We are elevating good things to become supreme things. 
thing. Not bad thing, but good thing. And we have put them way up here, and we've taken the best things, and we lost time with it. We've lost margin with it. It's gone. We got good things. We're distracted by all of the production and the world, worldly things that it's offered. We're distracted. Got to have the bigger house. If I have a bigger house, then we'll have a better marriage. That's what we think. Oh, if I have a nicer car, then it'll make me feel more important. I'll feel good about myself. Oh, I got to be at the meeting so that they will think well of me because I've got an opinion. And I got to share those opinions. I got to have our kids involved in the best of all opportunities because God forbid we invest spiritually in our kids. I mean, they've got to be great, great at sports or they've got to be great at instruments. They've got to be great at all this stuff. Listen, all good things. I'm not saying that we can't do those good things. But some of it, we replace the margin that we should have with God. Man, I've got to have that perfect body because my soul is not as valuable as my body. I've got to produce more and more and more and more because I am so empty and this is idolatry. Where we take the good things and make it the supreme things and we lose margin. And this is not the way that God intends for our lives to live. So what you and I need to come, and that's the title of the message, we need to come to Jesus meeting. You need to come to Jesus meeting. That's right. A come to Jesus meeting. Bible says in Matthew chapter 11, here's what Jesus said. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Come to me. In other words, come to me, all who are stressed out, overwhelmed, you can't get it all done. Come to me, single parents. We're about to fall apart. Come to me. Come to me, business guys. We feel like you're going to lose it all. Come to me. Come to me, mom, who has no margin for herself. Come to me. Come to me. Come to me, those who are overwhelmed, you feel insignificant. Come to me. And notice what Jesus says next. And I will give you rest. And I will give you peace. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find Rest for your soul. I mean, I want you to think about that. Let, that. let that phrase sink in. You will find rest for your soul. You find peace, assurance, rest. For some of you, the last few seconds, it's just awkward. Because you have no margin. You, can't, you don't have time for a pause. The Bible says in Psalm 46, verse 10, Be still and know that I'm God. 
Big deal. Big deal. Many of us don't know how to be still. I know for me, that's a battle. For me, you know, I, I, I can't, you know, if I'm, if I'm being still, I'm wasting my time. The places to go, places to see, people to meet, don't have time to be still, but I have to do that. I have to learn to be still. Some weeks are better than others. Some days are better than others. Some days are tough. But be still and know God. So here's my challenge for you this week. My challenge for you is simple. Here's your assignment. You get a homework assignment this week. And your assignment is five minutes a day. Five minutes. Five minutes a day will you be still. Be still and have a come to Jesus meeting. That you and God, you and Jesus, no one else, that you and Jesus for five minutes. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to be excited about doing it. You're going to get your timer out. It's okay. I got my five minutes set. And in that first minute, your mind is going to start to wander. Before you know it, you're going to be start thinking about what's got to get done that day. And then it's about the third minute or the fourth minute mark, you're going to be like, oh, doggone it. I'm supposed to be still. I'm not supposed to think about what needs to get done. I need to be still. Be still. And it's not going to come easy at first. It's not going to just but get five minutes. Hey, if you've if you got kids, you're at home, you're a mom, you say, well, I'm at home, I've got babies, or I've got a little child, I promise you, for five minutes, lock yourself in a room, they'll be fine, just put them in a crib, all right? Five minutes. And so well, what if they start crying? You know, unfortunately, you can't turn off your hearing aids like I can. <laughs> Works every time. Do the best you can, tune them out. Five minutes. Be still. All right, hey, you're, you're at work. You can do this at work. You know, and all of a sudden, you know, you're in your five minutes. And it never happens. It always happens without fail. The email chime comes in through your laptop or your computer. You know, oh, I got to, you know, just close the computer. Five minutes. Facebook will survive without you for five minutes. Five minutes. All right, and when you're doing it, you just be still. Focus on who God is. Meditate on a verse. A lot of different ways to take five minutes to be still. Don't try to read 20, you know, like 20 chapters in five minutes. Just take a couple of verses and focus. Don't even have to have a verse. You can just be thinking of praising God and say, God, thank you for what you're doing in my life. It'll be a time of praise, a time of gratitude. All right, it, it can look differently. By the way, this is not a time where you Instagram your five minutes with the coffee and Bible. All right, no, 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 for five minutes. Be still. Be still. Be still. And what it's going to do for you, and I pray that it will, that it will begin to break that idolatry in your life. But you think 
you're on the throne of this life, and you begin to think you're not on the throne of this life. That Jesus is on the throne of your life. A great five minutes is to focus on the Lord's prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your will be done, not my will. Your name is bigger than me. You're in control. I'm not. The focus, five minutes. So if you're stuck on the first five minutes, that's a good first five minutes to think about. Just dwell on the Lord's prayer, but make it, but apply yourself to it. Don't just read it, but think about it. Use it as your prayer. Lord, you are holy. You're on the throne, and I'm not. And as we seek him, the Bible says in Isaiah, here's what's happened. As we find our five minutes, as we have our consciousness of meeting, the Bible says in Isaiah 58, verse 11, the Lord will guide you always. Not the culture of the world, not the expectation of the world, but the Lord, he will guide you always. He, not the things of the world, but he will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. And rather than being parched and thirsty and empty and barren and dry, You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose water never fails. That's what he wants for you. He wants you to live life in the margin. And I pray that you begin to look at that. And I, I promise you, you're not going to get it all figured out today. I hope you'll come back next week as we continue to talk about this and dialogue about margin. So that we don't have to be living a life of stress, but we can begin to create white space around the story of our lives. Margin. And when you stop living according to the pattern of this world, and start to live according to the rhythm of his grace, you'll never be the same. Live a life of margin. Jesus wants to give you peace. A peace that only he can give. But he wants us to be still and to listen to him. Our Heavenly Father, we love you and thank you today. We thank you for we thank you for your word on how to live a life of margin. And as we prepare ourselves for the coming season, October, November, and December, everything starts to get really hectic and crazy. Christmas is right around the corner. And I know that this is just the calm before the storm for a lot of us, because before you know it, we're all going to be running around like crazy. But God, I pray that in the, in the life that's coming up in the next few months, and that we start to create a new pattern, a new habit, that we start living a life of margin so that we can experience your peace. 
that we can experience your joy and not live a life on the edge. Not live a life to the limit, but we start living life to the rhythm of your grace. In your name I pray. Amen.